It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now let's join our host, Ron Myers. Welcome listeners to another inspirational show. I'm Ron Myers, your host, and today you are going to love today's show. A man that went to heaven for 10 minutes. That's right. He died, went to heaven, met God, found out about his life, has a message for you and for me. And his name is T.S. Dismas. I have him on the phone. T.S., are you there? I am here. <laughs> all right. Very good. You're calling all the way from the big state of Minnesota. In fact, a lot of excitement going on in Minnesota right now. Are Are you anywhere near uh, some of those uh, protesters? I'm, I'm far enough away that we're pretty safe, but close enough that uh, it, it's really a, an eye-opener. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to jump right in to your story. You are the author of a fascinating new book, From Sudden Death to Paradise. T.S., tell us your story. Well, it's an uh, interesting story, so it's, a hard, it's hard to figure out where to begin. I, maybe I'll just talk about how I... Um, I got an illness that I developed in the military. I uh, was exposed to toxic chemicals. I was a military police officer. And from there, I, I ended up getting a, a retirement, a medical retirement from the military because of my injuries. And then over the, the course of time until I ended up having a major medical trauma, I uh, had developed an autoimmune disease unbeknownst to me. And that, that attacked all of my organs, particularly my heart. So in August of 2016, I was, had a normal day as, as any other day I've had, and you know, I was a little bit tired, and, and nothing really major stuck out to me, but over the course of the night, I couldn't breathe. It felt like somebody was hitting me in the chest with a baseball bat. It was brutal. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything in me. I, I don't want to get into all the details of all the gory stuff that was going on, but it was, it was really, really difficult. So I uh, had my kids call the ambulance. They, they came out and they told me, well, you're about to go into cardiac arrest. We need to shock you. And, you know, so they got the AED ready and they put the paddles on me. And, you know, I thought, well, I'm in perfect health. I can't believe my, my heart is bad. I, I really was shocked about it. And they, they ended up shocking me. And I felt wonderful. They said my heart rate was up over 300 beats per minute. So it was just off the chart. And, I felt a lot better after they had shocked me, but it didn't last long. It, it started to happen again. They got me into the ambulance, took me to the hospital. I, I guess I almost died. They had to innovate me, and the doctors had told my wife, you've you got to get in here quick because he's not going to make it. But somehow I, I was able to, to pull through that, and I know now that it was you know the hand of God directly on my life. But I, I had several instances like that, not quite as severe as that one over the next few months. But they were, were really serious issues. I uh, found that I was in end-stage heart failure, and that lasted for three years. I'll get to kind of how that was rectified later. But the, uh, the, the big thing happened on, on Martin Luther King Day in 2017. I uh, went into... Some, some extremely fast heart rate, and they call it tachycardia. So I, I 
started not being able to produce enough blood from my heart to go to my organs. And you know, during all this, my organs kept shutting down, and, and it was pretty, I mean, there's a lot of issues that come with that, but it, it was painful. It was, you know, I had a lot of fear and, and worry, and you know, it was just a lot of uncertainty. But I, uh, I had seven hours that I had to fight that time, and I'm sitting in the ER, and you know, I just, I knew it was, it was it. This was going to be the, the last, the last stand. I, I did not think I would be able to make it. And I started making peace with God. I, I started trying to think of everything that I've ever done that I could confess to him. And, you know, it was hard because, you know, you only really notice the, the big things, the things that we know are really wrong. But there's a lot of things we do in our lives or don't do that are also, are also problematic for us. And so as I'm laying there, I, I was able to look at a crucifix and I, I got closer and closer to where I ended up having a cardiac arrest. But during that time, I couldn't move at all. They had to end up strapping me down because they have to use the AC. They didn't want me to, to fly off the table. And so they had me strapped down, but my head was facing right towards this crucifix. So that provided me a lot of, a lot of comfort because I was able to, to really keep Jesus in my mind. I could feel him with me. It, it was as if he never left me during this whole time. I didn't have to die alone, even though I had no family or friends with me. And as I started to, to get to closer and closer to it, I just decided I'm not going to fight it anymore. I, I have more strength. I have no more energy. And I just want to go on and, and get to the, to the afterlife and, and be with Jesus. And I felt this real peace come over me at that point. And, you know, I fought for, I think, about another half hour, and they just kept going down, and they were shocking me during this period, and, and nothing was helping. It just wasn't taking me out of it. And eventually, I, I felt that the death was starting to really come, and I experienced my death. I, I didn't lose consciousness at all. I, uh, I'm a psychotherapist, so I'm kind of a psychology geek, but I, I really look at at consciousness, and I and I thought, you know, I, I knew so much about it, but it, it it blew away everything I've ever learned academically. The fact that I I never lost that conscious thought was really stark to me. It, it stuck out so so drastically because I was able to see my death, feel it, experience it fully, and then immediately I transitioned into the afterlife. It, it wasn't like I had this moment of wandering or somehow my, my soul was just, you know, stopped for a little bit. And then I found myself in heaven. It was completely immediate and never ceased to, to, to stop that time. So I, I wake up in this like dark tunnel. I, I was, you know, go from my chaotic hospital room and now I'm in this, this dark tunnel. And I thought, well, this is, this is not what I expected. I, I said, this can't be it. And as I said this, I, I was looking into this dark void, and I can't really describe what this dark void looked like, other than if you can think of pictures of outer space, you know, where we look at, at how space looks, minus the stars and the planets and everything else that become luminous. It was just a dark void, just complete emptiness, but it was vast. It was huge. And as I said that, this can't be it. I noticed that I was seeing this darkness. I was actually able to see the, the depth of the darkness. So there had to be a light. 
And that's when I became aware that I was able to see things so much differently than with my human eyes. I, I was able to see 360 degrees. And at that point, I was able to notice that there was a light behind me. And as I, I looked at that light, I stopped focusing on anything else that I was able to see. That, that void was no longer of any concern or interest to me. That light became all that I was consumed with. And so I'm looking at this light and it was bright and it was beautiful and it was calling me. It was, it felt like it was alive. And I, I said, I want to be with that light. And instantly I was with that light. But what was really interesting, Ron, was that I was able to, to remember every single step that I took, even though I was instantly transported to where that light was, it was as if I was moving so fast, but I didn't feel any inertia or wind or anything else that would give me some kind of a clue that I was moving as quickly as I had to have been. And so that was really a weird concept. And, and you know, people always say, well, God lives outside of time. There is, there is no time there. And I, I get it now. It, to be able to have that experience really made that come clear for me. And as I'm standing before this great light, I, I realized that this was God. I could feel the pulsating reality of this, this light, that it was just emanating love, and it was penetrating deep into my soul. And I looked to the left, I looked to the right, up and down. I couldn't see the end of the light, but I could see far, way farther than I ever could with human eyes. You, you could put any kind of telescope on me. I, I couldn't imagine I could see any further than I could with the eyes in heaven. But I couldn't see the end of God. It, it was constantly going, just never ending. And it was all love. And that was really comforting. It, more than comforting, it, it made me realize how much we are loved. And everything that I experienced in life, I was still loved all the way through. And so all my defenses were gone. Everything that I had held on to in life that, you know, I thought were important, none of that mattered to me. It was being there at that moment with God. I, I remember thinking I could live in a, in a sewer drain for all of eternity if I could just feel this love. It was so powerful. And as I was just fascinated with this, this beautiful light and this love, I, I felt God telling me, you can come into the light. So I did. I went right in and not a hesitation at all. And as I'm going through the light, it felt like I was walking for a long time through this light. But every time, every step I was taking, I was becoming more filled with the love of God, almost like a, a straw. I, I became this, this conduit of his love where it was just pouring into me and it was going out at the same time, never leaving me depleted, but constantly helping or flowing through me and back into the to the rest of heaven as if I was connected completely and, and uniformly with all of heaven. Wow. And yeah, it was awesome, Ron. It, it was like every, every desire I've had in life, every, every worry, fear, all that stuff was gone. It was just pure love that I was filled with now. And as I, I started to, to feel that, that love just take over and, and I was just, and I was so happy. I'm not a, I'm not a really uh, subordinate type of a person. I don't like to give in to anything. I'm a, I'm a very strong-willed individual. But I willingly gave myself to God. And it felt awesome. It was, I, I felt this safety and this, this just unconditional love towards me that it, I didn't have to fear the trusting in that. I, I didn't have to worry about being hurt by his love. And as I, I said, you know, I want to see Jesus. 
all of a sudden I came out of the light and I was in this great room and it was bigger than that dark void that I had seen earlier. But I instinctively, I knew that this wasn't all of heaven, that I was just getting a glimpse, kind of like a reception room, maybe. And you know, when I was in the army, we had reception that we all went to. And so you bring everybody in and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of paperwork and a lot of things you go through at that point. And, you know, it didn't feel chaotic or, or hurried at all. Like, like it does in life, but this room did feel like a, a reception room. There was a, a lot of beings that were there, and they were all luminous and sparkling. It's kind of like if you look at a, a cell under a microscope and how all the, the little parts inside the cell are moving, and, and it, but it was they were all shiny and beautiful, and the colors were extremely extravagant. Things that we don't have in the, the color spectrum here, but they were, you know, colors that I, I, I could say, well, that looks like a green or that looks like a pink, you know, and that's what the atmosphere looked like. It had a, like a greenish, pinkish color to it, but that doesn't really describe it very well because we don't have those colors, so it's about as close as I can get, but it was beautifully sparkling with light and energy, and it was alive. The, the, every thought that I was having was transmitted into the atmosphere and it was going out to every other being that was there and I was hearing their thoughts and everything was made known like all of my life I had every single memory instantly at my recall but yet I could focus on what was happening and laying down new memories of what I was experiencing at the time so it was just incredibly exciting like my brain felt like it was finally turned on for once in my life and I, I said, well, I got to see Jesus. Where is he? And I was drawn to this one particular being. Like, it was unmistakable that this was Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I need to see your face. I, I want to see you. And as I said that, his, his whole being came together, and I saw his figure, and all the other beings became apparent to me, too. I was able to see him, though, and his face was shining so brightly. It was as bright as the light had been. And it, it, there was this connection that, that the atmosphere and the light and Jesus all had. It was just beautiful to see how that was all together and, and united. But I was also able to actually see Jesus's face, but it, it came with a, with a, with a, delivery that I wasn't quite expecting, I wasn't able to lay down, the or maybe I'd lay down the memory, but I'm not able to recall it. As it was coming into my, my eyes and going into my brain, I knew I was seeing his face and all of his features and that he was actually smiling at me. It was beautiful. But I was also instantly forgetting what he looked like. So I, I wasn't able to actually define what his features are. And you know, I've really wrestled with this a lot since then, and I, I think probably because I, I wouldn't be able to be back here had I been able to see his face. I don't think I could have been separated from him had I seen that, had that memory, because when he was looking at me, Ron, it was it was with this unconditional love that, you know, I, I think I have unconditional love for my children, but I'm way off. That is not even close to how much Jesus loved me. Wow. And this is uh, this is uh, we've got to take a break just for a minute and then we'll be back. But I want to hear and the listeners want to hear because of time's sake. What is uh, the message that God has for you? Because you come back. God has an assignment for you. And I want to hear about that as soon as we come back from the break. OK, that sounds great. Hi, this is Candy Anderson Ferris bringing you a message of hope. 
we are living in times that we certainly need to walk out our faith. And to walk out our faith means to walk in love. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy and love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Welcome back. On the phone is T.S. Dismas, author of From Sudden Death to Paradise. He suffered a heart failure and died for 10 minutes, but in that moment he had a near-death experience and visited heaven where he would learn a valuable lesson about himself, his life, his faith in God. Well, T.S., um, you come back uh, to earth, and uh, so tell us what happened. You wake up. uh you have to start telling people I went to heaven. I went to heaven. What went on? Well, you know, when I when I came back, I I knew I was coming back to the to this pain and this this suffering that I was experiencing, and I figured it's probably going to be a lot worse when I got back. And I was right. It, you know, physically it was so unbearable, yet spiritually I had this strength that came from from God that I was not able to. To, to quench, you know, it, it, I couldn't do anything with it other than let it come out. And that pain really, I, I was so euphoric that the pain didn't bother me at all. I, I couldn't take pain meds because they were afraid it was going to send me back into cardiac arrest. So I had to endure what I was physically feeling. But I knew that my, my decision to come back was based on serving God. And despite suffering, I, I knew that, you know, any suffering that I experienced in life, you know, if, if I if I sacrificed out of love, you know, that love for God and what I was experiencing from his love, that none of none of my suffering would ever be able to harm me. You know, it wouldn't have any kind of an effect on me because everything that I had suffered before was replaced with this pure love. And, and it was beautiful. And wow. So all of my suffering was worthwhile. And so now I, I, I realize that I, I feel like, you know, I had to go for another two years until I had a heart transplant. And uh, I sent you a picture of, of my heart. And what what happened was the, the doctors, when they did the biopsy after my transplant, they said, well, we can't, um, we can't believe your heart was still functioning. It shouldn't have been able to operate with the parts of your heart that were completely destroyed by this, this autoimmune disease. What the autoimmune disease does is it, it attacks your own, your immune system attacks your own body and causes scar tissue and eats that part of the body up. So my heart had, had major damage in functioning areas that should not have been able to, to sustain life. 
Yeah, I saw that picture. I saw that picture. That was a a pretty uh, bad looking heart. So you wait. uh, You've got a heart transplant. So now because uh, uh, you've got a new lease on life, you've got a new heart and you've got a new spiritual attitude. So what is it now that T.S. Dismas, what is your assignment here on Earth uh, from God? I, I have to share that love with other people. I, I think that you, know, you have something like this happen in life. How selfish that would be if I if I kept it to myself, you know. I and I realized that God loved me so unconditionally, and He loves everybody else exactly the same, you know. And and I have to get past my own biases and and prejudices or beliefs about what people should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And I have to realize, you know, we're all in different places and different stages with our faith. So I, I need to love the person, not necessarily actions that they're doing, but, but the person themselves, the creation that God made. And so that's my goal. My, my mission is to, to serve God and my fellow man by loving people. And now, so that's, that's what I try to do. Now, how can people get a copy of this book and find out more about you? Well, you can get it at, at all the major uh, retailers, but I, I also have a website that uh, is very competitive with pricing for everywhere else, but it's tsdismas.com. You know, and when I was scanning yesterday, uh, preparing for this uh, interview, I read a. I want to read something that I read. Einstein wrote this to his daughter. There is an extremely powerful force that so far science has not found a formal explanation to. It is a force that includes and governs all others. It is even behind any phenomenon operating in the universe and has not yet been identified by us. This universal force is love. When scientists looked for a unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force, love. Love is light that enlightens those who give and receive it. Love is gravity because it makes some people feel attracted to others. Love is powerful because it multiplies the best we have and allows humanity not to be extinguished in their blind selfishness. Each individual carries within them a small but powerful generator of love whose energy is waiting to be released. Love unfolds and reveals. For love we live and die. Love is God and God is love. I thought of you when I was reading that quote. What do you think? I I think that is an awesome quote. I wish I would have known about that. That that quote is so deep, and it and it really describes everything perfectly. You know, I I I really can't say it enough that God is love. God is love. Well, and you know, you said T.S. that when you came back, you had to deal with two years of hurt and pain before you got the. the heart transplant. And that brings to us to first John four, 18 through 20. It says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. The one whose fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So in other words, God perfected your love in heaven. So all of a sudden you have a whole new perspective and a whole new view of life and the pain and all the stuff that's happening to you. You knew that there was something bigger beyond this world that was holding you together. So when we understand that we can go through a lot more of the hurts, the the depressions and that because it's just temporary 
temporary, and we need that God love, as you called it when you and I were talking, that liquid love to just flow into us. Absolutely. You know, that dark void, Ron, that I, that I saw when I first arrived, that was my life. Because when I was returning back to that, I could see actually my, my hospital room and my body there as I was coming back. I could see my life as as somewhat removed from it. And as I got closer and closer, I, I saw more and more details of it, but it was fully illuminated. And that was the love. That is what God does. He, he shines his light, but it's his love that comes into us. And I feel it now more than, than anything I've ever felt in my entire life. This is so real and tangible. That love can be shared and given, and I still never will be depleted of it. It wow. is beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And that's what we see right now in this world. We have hate that is climbing uh, up uh, as high as it can possibly go. But we've got to take this love because love defeats hate. Light scatters darkness. So your message of love, I hope listeners are picking up on this and, and just begin praying for God to just start pouring more and more love uh, into them because again as the Bible says we love because he first loved us and I even think that when Jesus was asked hey what's what's the greatest commandment he said love your neighbor has yourself uh, well let me get that exact he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is love your neighbor has yourself so love is a big part of our destiny in life, isn't it, T.S.? Absolutely. I mean, think about that. God created us. He could do whatever he wants with us. And what he chose to do was become and become a man and God at the same time and die for us. That, to me, that is the ultimate love. Well, I wish I had a longer show, T.S., because I am out of time. But one more time, your website uh, and how people can find out more about you and the book. T-S-Dismas.com. T-S-Dismas, dot com. Yes. And I'm also on Facebook uh, under T.S. Dismas. So anybody who wants to just reach out and ask questions, you know, maybe you can't afford the book, I'm happy to, to answer any questions. I'm interested in just getting this story out. So please, don't don't hesitate. All right, brother. Well, thank you. One, one last thing. It has to be a little short one. How do you get the hell out of your life? You bring God into it. Bring God into it. Get in the light. Get in that light of love. All right, brother. Hey, thanks for your time. God bless you. Thank you, T.S. God bless you, too. Ron, will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, listeners, time is up. And yes, there is a heaven, there is a God, and He wants a relationship with you today. And I wouldn't waste any time if I were you because you never know when that heart will stop. In fact, just say, Dear Jesus, Come into my heart, change my life, beginning today. Contact me, ron at the promoter.org. I'll send you some information 
and I'll help you on this new journey. God is love, and God loves you so much. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you God loves you, God has a plan for you, and it's time for you to discover your destiny by getting the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.